Hello and welcome to the Kent Voices podcast with me, your host, Charlie Gurr. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the steps the university have taken to make studying at Kent accessible. So, without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Okay, so today's podcast is about accessible information and I'm joined by two people who would like to let us know more about that. So would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure. My name is Cassia. I'm the Accessible Information Manager at Institute Support and Wellbeing. And I'm Nick. I'm the Assistive Technology Assistant and I work in the same team as Cass. Great. Okay, first of all, what is the Accessible Information Team at the University of Kent? The Accessible Information Team is here to assist all students who might need um, alternative formats or assistive technology to um, access learning in ways that work for them. So whether you're neurodiverse or um, you have a special learning difference, whether that's disability, whether that's a proof disability or a mobility disability, whether you're deaf or hard of hearing, uh, then we have software and apps and um, various other sort of resources that we can support you with. And um, we can demonstrate those to you and using them so that you can use them for yourself. Um, and we can also provide you with alternative formats of all your learning materials. So if you'd rather have you're reading in an audio format rather than in print, then we can arrange for that to happen. You mentioned about some of the things uh, that you can do for students in terms of having reading in audio format. Is there anything else um, that you do to help students out at the university? One of the main things that we do is provide training on how to use software, which students would get through disabled student allowance. But also we can do that to have a culture change at the university to make sure that they don't have to have these adjustments made because the content is already readily accessible from the outset. And going forward, we're going to be working a lot with the academics to uh, embed accessibility as part of their uh, training and part of their the teaching and, and how they create materials, um, whether that's in workshops and labs or in lectures and seminars, you know, however it's delivered, we're going to be working with them and training them, uh, trying to kind of just raise their awareness of some more accessible principles so that they can embed it into their practice. So what other accessible technology is available to students and how is that helpful with their studies? Some of the most impactful things are just ways of being able to take your learning materials and, and convert them into alternative formats. So, for example, having textbooks being read aloud to you by software, uh, the best applications for that is Clara Read, and that should be available on all of the, the campus PCs. We also use Blackboard LA, which is a plugin for Moodle, which allows students to download alternative formats of the, the content which their academics have uploaded for them. And Census Access, which is a tool for creating alternative formats of, of any material. And one of the really nice things about that is that it's it's something that you can take anywhere into the real world. So if you are, I don't know, you make about and you just take a photo on your phone, send it off to Census Access, and you get an alternative formats sent back to you. And that's one of the, the key objectives. Is, Whilst there are some big hitters of accessibility, things like Clara Reed, uh, inspiration for mind mapping and things like that, one of our key objectives is to try and find applications that you can take outside of the university and use in your own life and try and move away from this idea of specific software that can only run on Windows machines. Instead, it's something that you can have anytime, anywhere you need it, when you can find it, and you can share it with your friends and family. So the best thing you can do is look on the software finder page on the university website where we list a, a bunch of accessibility tools. Some of these will be things which are installed on the campus PC, such as Hyperloop or mind mapping software. But we also have suggestions for apps that you can use on your own devices. Some of them will be free, some of them will be web apps that maybe have a subscription. 
the idea is that we open this up to our students to use not just at university, but also to be able to use it outside. So once you have finished studying, you can take these to the workplace. One really key example would be, say, in Microsoft Word, you've got Immersive Reader, which allows you to have the, the text read aloud to you with highlighting and it renders it in a, in a easier to read. So it takes out a lot of the user interface from Microsoft Word and just, just the screen, just shows you the text on the screen, making it much more simple to read it or highlight it whilst it's reading it aloud. So it helps a lot with comprehension. So again, this isn't really just an accessibility thing, it's a productivity feature, which helps with proofreading, for example. And that's something which comes up a lot of the accessibility software. Whilst there are very specific uses for things such as screen readers, a lot of this stuff is just a better way of accessing your content or a better way of creating things. Nobody's ever been disadvantaged by something being made accessible. I think the only thing I'd add is that, um, as Nick said, the, the most important thing is that these uh, apps and software and, and resources that we have are not just for people who might have a specific learning difference or uh, a print disability or um, you know somebody who's neurodiverse, but they, they really do help a lot of students and they're available to all students. And um, they're, they're right on the software finder there. It's very easily accessible, obviously, um, to, to be able to download this stuff for yourself. Um, but if you, need, if you do need more additional kind of um, uh, help with it, or if you want a one-to-one -to, -one to kind of get to grips with it better, then uh, you can book an appointment with the accessible information team um, and we can demonstrate uh, how it works and, and show you on your, on your machine. Um, so if you bring the laptop in, we can kind of go through it in more detail for you. Great. Okay. So are there any events that are run for students um, during term time? Yeah, we've got a couple of them coming up, actually. Um, we wanted to kind of showcase to students some of the technology that we have, some of the software and apps, um, and kind of show them off a little bit. So we're going to be running a, a tech and tea session at both the Canterbury and Medway campuses, um, just to sort of show off some of these these bits um, and also to, to give students an opportunity to meet other students and, and have a free tea on us and some biscuits. So it's a win-win really. So that'll be on the 12th of October in Canterbury between 12 and 2. And um, we haven't got a room booked for that yet, but we expect it'll be somewhere in Keynes College. Um, obviously we'll be promoting that on our social media and on students of all wellbeing social media uh, near the time. Uh, and then the next day we'll be in Medway for the second team there, 13th of October, again, 12 till 2. And um, you'll also be able to find us um, a week before that in the libraries at both Canterbury and Medway. Um, we're just kind of having a bit of a pop-up so that you can come and meet us um, and, you know, ask us any questions, find out whether, um, you know, any assistive technology or software would be beneficial for you. Um, and, you know, just, just kind of just around if you have any questions or any concerns or you're not sure. Um, about what, what we're going on about, and then you can come to the second team to get a more in-depth demo of that of that kit and those, those apps and software. So you say that students can talk to you at these events about any questions they might have. Are they able to book an appointment to speak with you as well? Uh, yeah, so all of the software and the apps, everything available to all students, but if you do want to go into more detail um, and you are a student with a disability or with a special learning difference or specific learning difference, or if you're neurodiverse, then you can register as part of Student Support Wellbeing um, and get some support through that, including one-to-ones with us where we can uh, demonstrate the, uh, the technology to you and give you one-to-one uh, -one support throughout your time at Kent. 
Um, so you can you can book a, an appointment with us uh, on our website, which is just Kent forward slash accessibility, um, or you can email us at digitalaccess at kent.ac.uk, um, and we can we can arrange that for you. You mentioned about trying to make it accessible for all and um, making it so that everyone can access this kind of thing. Why is creating accessible content so important then? I mean, why wouldn't it be? I mean, it's it's such an important issue, and it's only going to get more so. Um, what five of us um, have some kind of disability in the UK um, and it's only going to increase so whether that's a temporary thing or a long-term thing as well you know it might just be that you've got an injury to your eye and at the moment you can't um, you can't access materials um, or it could be something more long-term and um, it's so important that everybody has equal access and equal opportunities to learn and to develop um, and that is so much better if you consider it as part of the user experience and to embed it into the process at the beginning rather than trying to bolt it on later. Um, and really accessibility is just a, a buzzword for user experience. It is just about enhancing the user experience for everyone um, and offering people opportunities and offer, offering people um, a diversity of ways to access something. So maybe you don't have a print disability, but you just prefer to listen to your lectures rather than um, to watch them, or you know, maybe you don't have um, dyslexia, but having your your text highlighted on on, on different paper with different font colours and, and sizes is, is is just beneficial to you because you that's the way that you understand things. There's, there's you know there's nothing wrong with with a bit of variety. You know, it's the spice of life. So it, it's it really um, if you take away the this is for disabled people bit, it is basically it's for people. It's for everyone and. It improves everyone's opportunity and everybody's experience. Basically, accessibility is just it's human-centered design. So, as we were touching on earlier, it's not exclusively for helping people with a disability to be able to access the content. It's just a better way of accessing things. Yeah. So things like uh, during lockdown, I mean, we were doing uh, Teams streaming or, or Zoom streaming for seminars, etc. We'd already touched on doing this for supporting students with disabilities. So this is something that wasn't completely new to us. So it kind of set us the ground for showing there are different ways of accessing learning and teaching content and interacting with the fellow students. But for some people, this isn't just a, a better way of doing it. It is the only way of them being able to access content. And so it's so important to, to do it right. And as content creators at the university, whether that being academics creating their lecture slides or students creating their coursework, we we have the ability to bake accessibility in from scratch rather than it needs to be a retrospective thing. So a big part of what I do in alternative formatting is we take printed textbooks from the library, scan it, and then retrospectively make it accessible for students to be able to use with software such as screen readers or just ways to improve the font size or the color contrast, etc. as per their own requirements and preferences. With the support that we can give to students, Obviously, we put out things like the software finder and a lot of the guidance on how to make best use of these things on our web pages. They're public facing, so that anybody can come along and benefit from this guidance. But really, we, we have one-to-one -one support, so I can provide training with students. I can discuss what their specific requirements and challenges are if they register with SSW. And that's something I really recommend because it's not just about the alternative formats. It's about getting a lot more support and having an inclusive learning pathway in place, which 
as Kath says, it's, it's just leveling up the playing field for people. We've uh, recently uh, passed a government audit for our digital accessibility, um, which uh, we, we, we were subjected to on my first day in this, in this role, which was uh, an interesting start. Um, I thought they were pranking me, but um, it was a really good opportunity to see, uh, you know, what we're doing in terms of digital accessibility, in terms of our website, in terms of the um, like reasonable adjustments that we provide. Um, and uh, the cabinet officer have, have passed us on that. So we continue to be a sector leader on, on accessibility, particularly digital accessibility. And we just want to improve and, and you know, um, make it a bigger and better service all the time. So we're always looking for feedback from students. We're always looking for ideas or events that we can do. So, you know, we're, we're an open door. Please come and talk to us. Please come and tell us what challenges you have, what ideas you have, um, so that we can uh, provide more resources, more support um, for a range of students across the, the campus. We also work with staff as well. So if you want to find out more about uh, making your content accessible, or if you want to um, develop your understanding um, and, and your awareness of, of deafness, for example, or visual impairment or um, specific learning differences, then uh, we can arrange that training and, and you know, kind of act as a, as a consultant in your team and come and meet your team and give them some top tips. Um, you know, because uh, we we can't do this without champions around university. You know, we're we're not going to sort of go around with a compliance stick beating everyone when they're not accessible enough. You know, we, we need people to be leading the way um, as well. So, you know, we're we're really looking for people to to give us ideas on things and and uh, share best practice with us and um, give us their feedback because um, we 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 need that in order to to keep playing the drum and, and developing things. It's a really good point because accessibility is a legal requirement under the Equality Act of 2010. So in addition to the Equality Act, we also have the public sector bodies, accessibility regulations, which came out in 2018, which reinforces our legal requirements to, to provide accessible content. And that's not just lecture materials. This is everything, like the university webpage, um, emails, stuff which is put on the, the internet stuff. Every element of what we're doing needs to be made accessible. So I appreciate that that could be very difficult. So we're always there for training and we put a lot of information out there on the website as to what are the best practices for doing this. But it's a really interesting domain that we're in because of the fact that the public sector bodies regulations applies to things like councils, making sure they provide forms for people to report, I don't know, the, the bin collection didn't happen that Tuesday. Make sure that that PDF document is accessible. At the university, we have so much more content and such a wide, diverse amount of content. So things like the, the sciences and mathematics, the STEM subjects is a lot more of a challenge. So it's really interesting to meet with staff and students to discuss what their unique requirements are. If you're a member of staff and you want to find out more about um, making your content accessible or get some training or some consultancy for your team, uh, then you can email us at digitalaccess.ken.ac.uk. You can also check out our website, which is just Kent forward slash accessibility, which has loads of resources um, and bits of information um, for both staff and students. Uh, if you are uh, a student with a disability or a specific learning difference or new uh, diversity or anything like that, then you can book in a more to one appointment on our website as well. Um, and do come and join us at the Tech and Tea um, next in, in October uh, at both Canterbury and Medway. Um, we, we look forward to, to meeting lots of students there um, and having lots of cups of tea and biscuits. That's the most important thing.
Um, but so yeah, come and talk to us there if you have any concerns or questions, um, or if you think that it's, uh, accessible technology and uh, business information is a format can benefit you, then come along to that. Or you'll, as I say, you'll see us hanging around in the library for you uh, the week before that as well. So um, lots of ways to get in touch. And of course, you can always um, post any questions or queries um, on the Students of Born Wellbeing social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter, which is just at KenSSW. So one of the key inspirations of this is the, the work and the legacy of Professor Mike Oliver, who came up with the idea of the social model of disability, where basically it's not the individual and their disability that's the fault, but it's actually, there's a barrier that's been put in place by, well, I don't know, in our case, I suppose it would be buying exclusively print textbooks or... By society in general, well, yes. it's, a, it's a disabling environment rather than the person's kind of medical or physical condition isn't it um and it's it's so important to to move away from you know there's something wrong with you and to you know how can we you know how can we support you in, in accessing things in the way that you need and that's essentially what accessible information is it's essentially ramps and lifts for, for texts um and and for learning materials and 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 for you know digital services and apps and things like that and it's it's about, like you said earlier, about um, putting the centre, putting your person at the centre, um, and it, you know, recognising that everybody's different and that everybody has individual needs, and that's the kind of core value of the social model of disability. It's, it's not the individual that's disabled; it is the society and the environment that disables them. So, um, I think, and and uh, my father was a graduate of Kent as well, so you know, very proud legacy. Um, indeed, he's an absolute hero of mine and, and, and in general to the disability community, a massive hero and a massive hero of yours as well, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and fantastic guy he was as well. But most people like Mike Oliver will take up the, the battle to try and get the better access to One of the bigger concerns is that I'm aware that some students just don't want to disclose that they have additional requirements. And so, even just looking back at how things have changed since when I was a student, like four or five years ago now or more, I don't want to think about how long ago it actually was, but um, you know, we had certain bits of software which were installed on certain computers in the library. So it was really much more limiting to be able to get that equal access. Whereas now we we use things like census access or blackboard ally, which just mainstream ways to to create your own alternative formats. And, a really important part of that is that you're empowering the user. I don't want to be the gatekeeper to anybody's studies at the university. So by having these built-in solutions like Blackboard Ally, we are we're showing the, the students how they can self-serve and become self-sufficient and also through the training I can show which apps they can go and download. It's essentially the difference between giving somebody official teaching with a fish, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, it's getting people to to take um, ownership of their learning experience and that's essentially what accessibility is is giving people the opportunity to access um their learning in their in their way in, in a way that's going to work for them and it's the same with staff and we work with staff i think um you know there's a there's a, a fear that accessibility is hard or you know to make something accessible is really difficult and challenging it really isn't and doesn't need to be um you know we can kind of just show them a couple of tricks and tips um, and, and some of them are really inbuilt in the things that we use every day, like Microsoft Word has an accessibility checker in the review tab, which is really, really easy. And it just basically checks that um, any images have alternative text. So that if you're a screen reader, 
you can hear um, the description of an image that's in that document or um, checks the, the reading order to make sure that if you've moved a section into another area after you've finished writing it, that it's still read and it's on a screen reader in the order that you want it to be displayed in. You know, so it's, it's really not that difficult, but people just don't know where to look. Um, and so that's a big part of, um, of our team's focus is to, is to kind of reduce the barriers of accessibility in, in itself. You know, try, try to, to get um, people thinking more accessibly and embedding it into their practice. And that, that goes for students as well. That's why we really encourage students to take a look at the Making Your Content Accessible uh, webpage, um, because you want content creators of the future. You know, you're going to be the lecturers of the future. You're going to be the, the journalists of the future. You're going to be the people, um, you know, creating um, content, uh, digital or otherwise, um, in the future. And, you know, equality, diversity, and inclusivity is such a core principle of Overcam. And we want you to, to go forward into the world of work, um, embedding that into your own practice and, and having the tools to do that. And if we do our jobs right, we're essentially putting ourselves out of a job in a few years' time. <laughs> you know, if, if we try to get everybody to be accessible in everything they do as they create it, then in a few years they won't need us. <laughs> we should probably rethink this. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you very much, both of you, for coming along and um, letting us know more about what is available at the University of Kent. Thanks very much. Bye. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for on this episode of the Kent Voices podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Student Services at the University of Kent. For more information, visit www.kent.ac.uk forward slash student services.